Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening. And welcome back to another episode of Fantasy Football with Gumbo. My name is Ja. Hey, it's Dugo over here. What's going on, folks? Hope you guys are having a great Memorial Day weekend. Hope you guys are kicking into the work week here, all that good stuff. Jaya, what's going on with you, dog? Nothing much, man. Uh, Hell just yeah. trying to enjoy the long weekend, enjoy the beautiful weather that we're starting to get. Uh, fantasy football season, this is kind of more of like the boring time, I guess. A little bit. I mean, like we got some action right now, like a little bit with, you know, like D-Hop actually got released, so like that's kind of wild. That uh, is pretty crazy. Uh, top 10, top 15 receiver maybe in the league, I, just released yeah. from his team is kind of not usual. Yeah, true vet, you know, he's... Truly going to be a locker room piece, everything like that. And, yeah. you know, you probably could have got I, – I don't see how they couldn't have got like a sixth or a seventh for this guy. But what the fuck, dude? You, yeah. you straight up release him? So if you guys haven't heard by now, uh, the Cardinals released DeAndre Hopkins, uh, wide receiver. They released DeAndre Hopkins before the June 1st designation. He is now a free agent and able to sign with any team in the NFL. Uh, so we've been hearing about DeAndre Hopkins for the past, you know, a couple of months. Uh, how unhappy he might be with the organization and where he potentially wouldn't mind ending up. And we've heard names like the Chargers brought up. We've heard names like the Bills brought up. I don't think the Chargers is a real deal anymore. And yeah. I mean, they already got their guy with uh, QJ in the draft. I mean, like, even if he does sign, like, a minimal contract, I mean, I feel like at that point you're almost taken away from his development. So uh, he actually went – so DeAndre Hopkins today posted a video of him watching the Patriots Super Bowl from 2017 against the Falcons. And, I mean, you know, it's one of those things to where it probably gets way too much attention. Uh, but I guess where wouldn't you mind seeing DeAndre Hopkins land? That's my pick. I think he's I think he's going to Buffalo for sure, dog. I think I almost think this is almost, you know, seal signed and delivered or signed, sealed, delivered, whatever way you want to take that. Uh when you look at this guy, I mean, I feel like when he went up to Buffalo or whatever, like when they're like in the midst of like the trade talks, all that stuff, like where they gave him the option to go look at these teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, dog, like, when you look at, like, his list of, like, what he wants from a quarterback, what he wants from a team, mm-hmm. I mean, he has a, a a veteran head coach on that team, uh, GM, who has been there for quite a few years now, a uh, quarterback who they invested in heavily and haven't, you know, and, I mean, they're obviously getting the fruits of that labor now, but, I mean, they could have turned back at any time mm-hmm. and said that Josh Allen is just too big of a project, but, you know, like, so, I say all that to say, like, 
realistically, I think that D-Hop is the best fit on that team because, I mean, like, they went out and they got Dalton Kincaid, which is kind of sick. But, like, they didn't, I don't know, like, I feel like they didn't really address the wide receiver room like they should have over this free agency. And, I mean, when you look at Stefan Diggs, he's obviously a beast. But then after that, it's Gabe Davis. And, I mean, it kind of just slides off from there, dude. So, like, I really think that if he is going to be an addition there, I mean, not only is his fantasy value going to be huge, which, I mean, that's why we make this fucking show. Yeah. But, like, I think just for his career, like, he's on he's on a team that's going to, you know, have a chance to go all the way, which he wants. He wants a ring. So, if DeAndre Hopkins gets Josh Allen as his quarterback – where do you see DeAndre Hopkins finishing the season next year in fantasy? Because that's the major quarterback upgrade from Kyler Murray. I mean, as far as like a passing quarterback, yeah. 100%. But I think, uh, I think realistically, I could see him being a top twenty. I mm-hmm. mean, is that out of the realm of possibilities? The thing that you like to say? Oh, I think it's in the realm of possibilities, and I think this it's something that could very well, you know, happen. Now, when I look at the Buffalo Bills offense, I mean, you have your kind of, I guess, like deep stretcher and Gabe Davis. You have. Stefan Diggs, who's an all-around guy. You have, like, a bunch of slot receivers who, like, are kind of whatever, like Khalil Shakir, you have Isaiah McKenzie. And Isaiah I'm, McKenzie's gone, I believe. Is he? Yeah. Oh, you're right. I think he actually might be on the Colts now. Yep, yep, you're right. Uh, but they brought in Dalton Kincaid to potentially fill that slot right. option. And I guess when it comes to where he would fit on this offense, I mean, if you have Diggs as the X, I mean, would you just throw D-Hop on the other side? And Absolutely. Just, but what do you, I, like the thing is, is like with all those receivers other than I feel like Gabe, which I mean, I might be taking a little bit of his versatility away from him, but all three of those receivers can play all of those spots. I feel like, yeah, I feel like you can move Stefan into the slot more too. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, you're just adding to those mismatches and I mean, D hop himself is a mismatch. So, mm-hmm. and I mean, like when we're looking at like the buildup of a team and stuff and like when we look off the record, like, D-Hop already got paid this year. Like, if we want to look at the way that it is. He did get paid, yeah. So, I mean, if you can go to the Bills on a minimal contract, which, you know, Brandon being the GM of the Bills would be happy to sign him to, I believe. I mean, I feel like there's some guy on that team that, you know, can lose a spot so he can be on the 53-man roster. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just saying, dude, like, this guy's an absolute beast. He's going to be able to give you that opportunity to, I feel like, catapult yourself to that next level. I mean, that's what he basically did for the Cardinals, damn mm-hmm. near. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, he went to that team, and, like, they're all right. But, like, he went there, and holy crap, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, we kind of saw, like, a resurgence. Not saying that he was worse in, you know, like, in Houston. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it was just one of those things to where, I don't know. Like, I felt like he was on the right track, but then the shit with uh, Deshaun happened, and so he was out for that year. I'm not sure if he was there yeah. without Deshaun. I think maybe his last year. Okay. But, like, I'm just saying, like, it was just more or less, like, what's going to happen with Deshaun, and then he goes to the Cardinals, and it's like... It's been... It was cool. Yeah. Like, it wasn't anything special, but it was cool. I think that was Kyler's rookie year, though. And so, like, I think that's kind of why it was kind of hyped up. I don't know if it was his rookie year. I think it might have been, bro. It was, like, his second... Like, second or third year, I'm pretty sure. Well, it was something like that, man. And so, like, I don't know. Like, I felt like I was going to see something absolutely, like, crazy, because, Mm -hmm. I mean, I had pretty high hopes for Kyler, and, I mean, he still has some high hopes... Mm-hmm. He's not totally out of the woods yet, but, uh, you know, like, it's just one of those things where, like, with D-Hop, if he goes to Josh Allen and the Bills, I mean, I feel like that's exactly what we want to see exactly for the last, you know, like, end of his career, like, his last run where he's going to win a championship. So, speaking of quarterbacks, actually, uh, Josh Allen and Kyler Murray are two names that you would expect to hear within, like, your top ten list for quarterbacks in fantasy, right? Like, if I'm ranking my top ten dynasty quarterbacks, I probably have Kyler... 
I can't put ty- Kyler in my top ten. I got him around ten minimum, just because of the rushing upside. Yeah, I guess so. But like, I just so I I don't trust him, bro. So today I was messing around on keep trade cut, and I went ahead and looked at the top ten quarterbacks as far as dynasty rankings go, and. I found the top 10, and there were some questionable names in there. A couple of guys who are in there now that haven't played a single game. And I wanted to kind of talk about that and uh, talk about guys who, you know, potentially could move up the ranks and qualify for that top 10, per se. So right now on Keep Trade Cut, they have Patrick Mahomes as the QB1 in all of fantasy football. That makes sense. That's not really a surprise to me. Yeah, that makes sense. Josh Allen is too. That's not surprising. Yep. Jalen Hurts had an amazing year last year, and he is now QB3. Uh, with Joe Burrow following right behind at QB4 and rounding out the top five quarterbacks is Justin Herbert at five, uh, showing up for like those pocket passer types. But when you go through six through 10, there's some questionable names with Trevor Lawrence coming in as QB6. Now, he's a guy who hasn't, he's been cool for fantasy, but he hasn't like blown up the stat sheet necessarily. I feel uh, like he's just waiting to kind of blow up. I mean, like this was his first year with Doug Peterson as his head coach. Into this next year, I mean, especially with the addition of Kellen and Ridley and everything like that, mm-hmm. like I just feel like he has the opportunity to pop off. So I feel like number six, if he's currently there, I mean, it makes some sense to me because one thing that we don't give him enough credit for, I feel like, is his rushing ability. Like he can run. Would you put him ahead of Lamar Jackson? No, because or average- I, it's I want to say no because I feel like Lamar is still like twenty six or something. Yeah, like he's he's so young, mm-hmm. and so. When you look at what Lamar can do for you and what Trevor can do for you, I mean, I feel like you're just looking at, like, when you're looking at, you know, like, your whole dynasty prospects and everything like that, like, how big is, like, a three-, four-year age difference? For quarterback, it's not that big of a deal in my opinion. Right, and I mean, if I mean if Lamar Jackson can keep getting some more targets, like, if D-Hop lands in Baltimore, like, yep. he's going to catapult through the fucking roof. Lamar Jackson, because, I mean, as much as we give him credit for being just a rushing quarterback, he can't sling the ball. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if you get him some reputable weapons like a D-Hop, and they already have uh, Odell Beckham Jr. on the team now, you went out and got Zay Flowers, you got Rashad Bateman, yeah, Mm-hmm. That's starting to look like he has some fucking targets, and I didn't even mention Mark Andrews. Yep, and so Lamar Jackson comes in at QB7 behind, you know, Trevor Lawrence, who is six. That was the first kind of questionable ranking that I saw in Keep Trade Cut that kind of made me raise my eyebrow. Now, finishing out the top ten after seven, uh, you have Justin Fields as QB8. Anthony Richardson is QB9, and Bryce Young is QB10, and that's ahead of guys, you know, as previously mentioned, uh, like Kyler Murray, uh, you have him ahead of guys like Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott. Do you think that those rookies and Anthony Richardson and Bryce Young deserve to be ranked as QB9 and QB10 as far as uh, dynasty quarterbacks go? I don't think Bryce Young does. I think Anthony Richardson, just because of all the hype and upside, I feel like at some point... Like, you think his athletic ability? I, yeah, I just think in the fact that, like, look, when we're talking about, like, these quarterbacks and stuff that can really take you to the next level... I feel like size has to do a decent amount with that. Like, I mean, you look at Lamar, he's not the biggest guy, obviously. No, not at all. But, I mean, there's something about him where he's able to come over the top of that. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, like, when you look at people like, you know, like Kyler Murray, like, he's he's pretty all right. But, like, there's still a shit ton of adversity that he has to face every single game. Mm -hmm. And... I don't know if he actually has done that to, like, the utmost ability of where I want my quarterback to be at yet. And so, I just feel like, all in all, like, if I think that Bryce Young is going to have any sort of resemblance of that, as far as, like, you know, like, just when you're out there watching the game, and you're just seeing him behind those 6'6 linemen, 
you have six six linemen running at him, mm-hmm. and this guy is 5'10", 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. Like, dog, I'm just scared for his life. Yeah. So, I mean... I, I mean, I, I'm I'm a player hater when it comes to these short quarterbacks, dog. I can't do it. That's why you I, don't like Kyler. I I don't I don't like Kyler as a quarterback. And I mean Bryce Young. I mean as talented as he's is, and he's probably gonna blow up the league. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like I I don't trust it. Not for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like I give him like two three years, he might make something big. But like I mean, even Tua. I mean Tua, he's a little stockier than both of them. But I mean, even him, he's a little shorter, and he's you know he's gotten hurt the last couple of years. Honestly. If I had to replace one of them, it would be probably Bryce Young, uh, even though I think he might be the better NFL quarterback. But running on my top 10, I would have to include Kyler Murray, even though he's hurt right now. I think all in all with what Kyler provides is he provides kind of like video game numbers for fantasy. He gives you the um, opportunity to go ahead and rush for two touchdowns and throw 350 yards and get three passing you know, touchdowns and whatnot. We don't know what this new regime is going to look like, so I can kind of understand some of the caution behind it. But I'm someone who thinks that Kyler Murray is being traded at below his value right now. And, I mean, if I'm active in a dynasty league and I needed a quarterback, he's someone that I would be sending out trade offers for uh, while his value is maybe as low as it's been in the last few years. So let me throw this at you. Where would you rank Daniel Jones? I wouldn't have Daniel Jones in my top 15 quarterbacks because I don't think that his position is secure. I think that everybody and their mama know that he likely isn't going to be a New York Giants quarterback, let's say, in two, three years. And I kind of felt like they resigned him because the Giants are going to be good enough to where they won't be picking in the top, you know, five, ten picks of the draft most years. And uh, he provides some sort of stability for a uh, for an organization that likes to be stable. And so when I look at Daniel Jones, I mean, he has some good rushing upside. He's a like mediocre passer, um, but I do think that over time they're going to shift this offense to more of like a run-heavy offense, and um, I just don't think Daniel Jones is that great. I think he had an outlier year, which still wasn't even that great, but for him it was aight, and he ended up getting paid, but he's not someone that I would, um, you know, I'd push all my chips to the center of the table for. Okay, is that kind of like why, what about like, let's go with the other uh, NFC's quarterback, Dak Prescott. Why isn't he in your top 10? Uh, Dak Prescott's not in my top 10 because... Or top 15, or where would you put Dak? I would put Dak Prescott ahead of Daniel Jones for sure. I think Dak would be in my top 15, probably around like QB 12 or 13, I think. Okay. Um, I think that he has a ton of upside and that Mike McCarthy offense that's coming up this year is going to be a lot different than what we saw ran with Kellen Moore. I think it's going to be a lot more aggressive. We know that Mike McCarthy during the years from like, I think it was 2010 to 2014 when he was calling plays for the Packers. The Packers offense was one of the best in the NFL. And, you know, they obviously had Aaron Rodgers, which probably helps that out a lot. Uh, But the amount of passing attempts and the amount of passing attempts on early downs, uh, something that I think the Cowboys are going to utilize this year. And um, I think if they toss the ball up a couple extra times, Dak Prescott could be one of those guys who forces his way up the charts just due to volume alone. Uh, He's kind of in that same bucket as Trevor Lawrence for me to where I think the offense is going to pass so much to where you damn near have to put him, you know, like in that top 10, top 12 range just because of uh, the amount of pass attempts he'll have. He's going to be active on offense. So Dak Prescott's someone who I don't have in my top 10, but he's not too far outside of um outside of that nine to ten area okay well before we switch off to something else give me a quarterback that i should be looking out for this year to you know possibly break out or you know like someone who you think could possibly take the helm and you know run with it i think for me right away i think baker mayfield but who do you have can you pick it interesting i like that honestly i mean last year i had a lot of hate for this guy i mean Mm -hmm. 
It, We're going to revisit Kenny Pickett this summer, baby. It's on the record. We're going to talk about it, baby. It's on the record. I was Can, hateful. Kenny, like, the thing about him was that the offense with Matt Canada was kind of stale last year. And I'm not saying, like, Kenny's, like, this crazy athlete. And I'm not calling him Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen in terms of, like, arm strength and arm capability. But I think with another year in the system, I think with all those weapons that he has, uh, he has Deontay Johnson. Obviously, he has uh, George Pickens, George Pat Fryer moves. Pickens. I think uh, Najee Harris is going to be a lot better this year. And when I look at Kenny Pickett, he was clutch as fuck last year, man. Like, he had a lot of fourth-quarter comebacks, especially. I think there was a game against, like, the who was it? Was it the Raiders, maybe? Uh, he had a couple, like, fourth-quarter comebacks last year that were really impressive in the fourth quarter. Well, I think that last game of the season, I think it was a fourth-quarter comeback. And, you know, it sealed Tomlin's fate to be a, our uh, – A winning coach. Yeah, a winning coach for that year. So, like, yeah, he has some balls, dude. He He's does. a gamer. He's a gamer. And, like, the thing with gamers is that you can never count them out. And the thing with gamers is that they more than often will show up. That's why I love Tom Brady because he always showed up. And so with Kenny, I mean, I don't know if he's going to be a top 10 guy, uh, but he's someone else that I'm buying low on right now because if there's any offense in any team that can catapult a quarterback into being a franchise type of guy, I trust that Steelers organization to go ahead and shape Kenny up and make him into what he needs to become. And so he's somebody who didn't finish, you know, super high last year in fantasy, uh, but he's someone I would buy in, in super flex leagues especially. I would love to have him as my QB too. Um, but Kenny Pickett's someone that I think is going to – kind of blow up but you said baker mayfield and i want to hear more about that because that's random yeah man i just feel like he has all the possibility to win out that starting spot for the buccaneers and if he were to do that when you look at his weapons at least the first two wide receivers with mm-hmm. you know mike evans and uh why the hell am i blanking? chris godwin chris godwin thank you yeah so when you look at those first two guys like both those guys have all the possibility to be top 10 wide receivers by themselves on a year mm-hmm. and the fact that he has two of the motherfuckers and the fact that, you know, like, I just feel like when we saw Baker last year for the Rams, I was pretty impressed, honestly. Like, some of the times when he was out there, like, yeah, like, he throws the ball kind of out of control. But when he gets in his groove, though, like, he's kind of icy. And, I mean, like. He's a pretty accurate guy, like, when he has a clean, like, pocket. And I feel like Todd Bowles would be someone to emphasize offensive line. Well, I mean, the thing is, is with that, they just got rid of Shaq Larson or Shaq Mason, which was uh, one, one of, of the guards. Uh, guards. Yeah, I think so, it was a love. Yeah. So, I mean, like that kind of sucks. But like, nonetheless, like I just feel like if Baker Mayfield could make this work just because I'm not sure how I feel about Kyle Trask starting yet. I just don't know how I feel about it. So I just feel like, you know, Baker Mayfield, I feel like if he were to start, I wouldn't doubt, like, you know, like, if you are in, like, a super flex league, I could see him definitely being a top 20 quarterback if he were to make it work. You know what? Actually, speaking of breakouts, uh, let's talk about second-year breakouts. Let's talk about sophomore receivers who we think could take a big leap this year. All right, so what were we talking about big leaps? Because, I mean, like, there's only, like, a couple of them who actually, like, I feel like made, like, huge impressions last year. Yep. So, like, what are we talking about, like, this next big leap? Are we talking, like, that you're catapult themselves into the top 10 or he's talking about like just you know becoming fantasy relevant what are we talking about i'm talking about guys who can catapult themselves into higher tiers somebody who can go ahead and jump let's say 10 to 15 spots in terms of wide receiver rankings okay so look at a guy for example like Jahan dotson who's been a popular breakout candidate you know this offseason uh he gets eric Bieniemy. hopefully he's gonna have a stable quarterback with sam howell uh, but he's someone who finished last year as wide receiver 51 okay. and people are talking about him potentially even finishing as a wide receiver three, uh, which if you play in, you know, a 10-team league, he could be like wide receiver 25 or 24. I like that. Um, That's so sick. Jahan Dotson actually would be my pick, but just to kind of um, 
not to go with like almost like the easy route. I think another guy who is in his second year that could take a really, 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 really big leap this year. I'm gonna go with Traylon Burks. I was kind of thinking the same thing. I mean, when you look at that wide receiver room, he now has lost Robert Woods, Bobby Trees. Bobby Trees. And all he really has there is, you know, I like Kyle Phillips a lot, and he's there, but he's also on that second-year route or, you Mm -hmm. know, like uh, placement as well. I think he could definitely break out on that team for sure. 100%. Um, But one guy that also comes to mind, I mean, if I think about a guy who I think could become absolutely elite this next year, Mm -hmm. George Pickens. Wow, okay, so Pickens is another guy who I thought about. Uh, tell me I mean, why you think Pickens is in store to be better than he was last year, though. Yeah, so, I mean, I just feel like when you look at that offense, it's going to be both him and Kenny Pickett's second year in that system. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, it, it sounds like Matt Canada is going to be a little bit more creative with his play calling. It seems like there's going to be some sort of, you know, like at the end of the day, like it just seems like that offense is going to be a lot more uh explosive than it was this past year i think last year they barely threw the ball down the field and maybe that was just because matt canada wanted to ease uh can he pick it into the league who knows but i just feel like this next year i think we're gonna see something different and i think that george pickens is gonna fucking be a name that we're all gonna hear and we're all gonna be you know like on sundays when we're watching the game or whatever we're gonna be watching the steelers game and they're just going to keep uh, bringing up that picture of George Pickens watching, watching TV with the fucking shiesty mask. Yeah, on. exactly. We're just going to be seeing That's a bunch the funniest of shit. That might be one of the funniest NFL pictures I've seen. It has to be in dude. the last however many years, bro. That was ge- why the fuck are you wearing a shiesty mask at the crib like on draft night? On <laughs> draft night, bro. <laughs> That's insane, man. Yeah. Um, so like, I just feel like he. We're going to be seeing a lot of that picture this year, and uh, yeah. I'm super excited about him, man. I just feel like... Bro had his hands balled up. He's about to, like, punch the TV in. Yeah, bro. Like, he was pissed that he went in the second round. But, like, I feel like when you look at it, though, like, him and Kenny Pickett, or P- Kenny Pickett, if you think that he's going to take a leap up this year, there's no doubt in my mind George Pickens is also going to be taking that leap with him. Uh, I like George Pickens. He was somebody that I was really high on last year coming into the year. i say top 25. Here's my thing with George, though, and here's an underrated signing that I don't think is getting the attention it probably should get because the guy hasn't performed recently. You know where I'm going with this. Allen Robinson. Don't do it. Allen Robinson is not maybe like Julio. He's not like this crazy elite receiver anymore, but he's someone who I think could go ahead and occupy some red zone targets, and that's an area where George Pickens actually struggled in last year. Last year, he only had seven red zone targets with two receptions, which ranked 67th in the NFL. So you bring in another guy like an Allen Robinson, who's a big body, who is a red zone target primarily at this point of his career. And, you know, how often will George Pickens be able to, you know, get in the end zone? Um, Because they have so much talent on that team, I always felt like Pickens was like their red zone guy. We saw how Deontay Johnson couldn't even sniff the the end zone last year. But when you bring in Allen Robinson, I mean, does that scare you? Not really. I mean, realistically, I think he's going to be a nice three for that team for sure. And especially with uh, Calvin Austin not playing last year, I feel like there's just something that, you know, like they want to make sure that they have their three. Like last year, I felt like they're just throwing, you know, whatever could stick out there. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't really work. But they always had Deontay Johnston or Johnson and uh, George Pickens. Mm-hmm. I feel like when you add a three to that, as long as they're just going to be healthy, and I mean, St. L. Robinson's going to be healthy is, you know, like, who knows? Because he no, has no. he's had injury it. issues. Mm-hmm. But I think at the end of the day, 
it gives this team, you know, that third weapon that they need. So if Deontay Johnson needs a breather or Mm -hmm. George Pickens, or, you know, like if they do want to utilize them for a red zone threat, so be it. But I mean, to think that teams aren't going to key on that and then the ball is going to go elsewhere. Like my boy, George Pickens, hands like I'm for that. See, and here's the thing. I think George Pickens could take a leap. Obviously, we'll have to watch out for the red zone targets. Remember that we said it here on Fantasy Football with Gumbo next year. If Allen Robinson ends up being a thorn in George Pickens' ass in terms of fantasy production, uh, remember we told you that that was well, a possibility. Well, I don't think that's going to be the case. I mean, like like you just said, if, if it happens, bro, he but, only saw seven targets. He only saw seven targets. But why would he get more if they bring in another guy who can fulfill that role? All I'm saying is that it, it could bring in another option, and then if you have teams keen on to what you're trying to do, it can always lead to, you know, spreading the ball around because if teams are cut, are keen on stuff like that, you want to give them different looks. That's all I'm saying. Another team that brought in uh, like a red zone target uh, was the New York Jets with Alan Lazard. Now, they have a second-year guy in Garrett Wilson who, once again, everybody in their mama know is going to go take a big – leap next year with Aaron Rodgers crazy um, and he just won rookie of the year Garrett Wilson he's probably the best receiver from that draft class I feel like it's almost safe to say uh we'll obviously have to give it another year just to see if it's you know consistent right but I think he would have been the easy answer um in terms of like who's gonna have a big breakout uh but with Garrett Wilson I mean I guess we both I would assume think he's gonna take a little bit of a leap uh are you nervous about them adding Nicole Hardman and Not Alan really. Lazard I- Nah, dude, when you look at what Miko Harmon does, I don't think it's necessarily what Garrett Wilson is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, but Rodgers was going there because he likes Garrett Wilson a lot. I mm-hmm. mean, like, that was one of the main reasons why he brought it, brought it up, I think. He was like, yeah, that's an elite receiver. Mm-hmm. Like, he already said he saw, saw fades of, of uh, Devontae Adams. I don't know why I keep blanking, but... You yeah, know, he. I mean, he, he said, has shades of that, and so I just feel like with Miko, I'm not. I'm just not scared, fantasy football wise, of the relevancy with that. If I'm gonna keep it a buck, the X receiver for Aaron Rodgers always gets the most targets. Right. Um, well, so do you I, think he's gonna be the X, or do you think Lazard is? Hundred percent, he's gonna be the X. Okay. Hundred percent. Um, he's just a better receiver than Lazard. That's fair. That's uh, fair. But let's talk about his teammate from last year, or you know, from Ohio State days with uh, Chris Solave. Yeah. So he just got Derek Carr as his new quarterback. Mm, he did. Do you, do you think that he's going to take a step up, or how yeah. do you see him? I see him taking a step up. I think Michael Thomas, we don't know what's going on with Michael Thomas. You never do. Uh, but I think that if Michael Thomas does come back, that could take somewhat of a hit against Chris Olave because Michael Thomas is best utilized, once again, as an X. He has a little bit of size over. Um, well, isn't that the nice thing about Chris Olave? Because he's already had to play second fiddle to George he or be to like an elite Garrett too. Wilson. Yeah. And, you know, Jackson Smith and the Jigba. So he's he's fine sharing a wide receiver room, it seems like. So, mm-hmm. I mean, to have him take a step back necessarily as far as like a role on that team. But I think as far as, you know, performance, I think he could definitely show out. To think that teams are going to have Michael Thomas on the field again and you're not going to have to double cover him if he's looking dank. Like, I'm sorry, but that that could be a thing again. And then you have Chris Olave on the other side doing what Chris Olave does. I don't know. Olave got 119 targets last year. He caught 72 passes, had over 1,000 yards with four touchdowns, and that was all in 15 games. Yeah. Um, So when it comes to his production, it was pretty damn good. He was a wide receiver 25 um, in terms of rankings last year, and I think that he takes a leap forward with Derek Carr. Mm -hmm. Now, Derek Carr is probably going to be better than Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston which I think that consistency is going to be great for Olave. Facts. Um, but he's someone who, I mean, assuming Mike Thomas has another year where maybe he's in and out of the lineup, he's going to be seeing a 
bunch of targets, bro. Like, I think Alvin Kamara could miss some time so that could force him to throw the ball more. Yep. Um, I think Chris Olave is somebody who also could take a big leap. Where are you at with Drake London, though? Because I hate that. I, I hate his ass, bro. I don't fuck with Drake London. I don't, I don't like know. him in fantasy. I, I, I don't know like... if I like him in real life football. If Drake, if there's 10 Drake London haters, I'm one. If it's one Drake London hater, it's me. If there's no Drake London haters, I'm dead. Nah, dude, I uh, I agree with you. I'm not a big fan of this guy, if I'm going to keep it a buck. I mean, he's cool. Like, he has a big body. He he seems like he should be the wide receiver that, you know, should take over the league. But if you ask me, dude, he doesn't play with intensity. So, like, it's just one of those things to where I don't know if I could trust him, especially on a run-heavy team like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, they just drafted Bijan Robinson the first round. Mm-hmm. I mean, they yeah, they also drafted, uh, you know, uh, what's the wide receiver? Kyle. Uh, they have Kyle Pitts in Kyle there. Pitts, and you. they brought in Bijan Robinson last year, which yep. shows that they're committed to the run game. And, I mean, yeah, with Drake London as well. I mean, it's just one of those things where, like, I, I, I don't think he's going to be, like, super relevant this year in fantasy. If I'm going to keep it a buck, I mean, maybe top 40. Mm-hmm. If you're in, if I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know. I don't really expect a lot out of him, though. He caught 72 passes for 866 yards. And as somebody who took a chance on him in redraft and, you know, brought him on my some of my redraft teams and I watched some of the games, he doesn't get like that super long depth of target. Uh, that was that wasn't really Mariota's game. And obviously, we'll see what happens with Desmond Ritter. But their quarterback situation is probably one of the worst situations in the NFL. And it's just not inspiring when you already kind of come off a year in which you're somewhat disappointed for your draft capital. Um, it's not super inspiring when you have to rely on Desmond Ritter in a run-first offense. Um, so he's somebody that I don't think is – I don't hate him, and I think that he's like a usable receiver in fantasy football, but I don't think that he's near the top – like the top tier um, of these second-year receivers the way that he was pegged to be coming out of the draft last year. And to finish up wide receivers, I want to go ahead and talk about Kadarius Toney, wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs, because he is someone that um, he's been a receiver that I think has been an interesting buy uh, in a lot of best ball leagues. As you know, people play for best ball mania uh, on underdog. Uh, Kadarius Toney is kind of like right now the de facto wide receiver one for the Chiefs. They draft the Rasheed Rice in the second round. Yep. And we kind of want to wait and see, you know, what that looks like. We'll want to wait and see what Sky Moore develops into. Uh, but Kadarius Tony right now is kind of going for value. And I guess moving into the new season and knowing what Kadarius Tony has produced in the last, you know, like three years of his career. Um, do you think that he's someone who, you know, might be like a speculative uh, draft pick um, that could potentially turn into like a wide receiver one for your fantasy teams? I mean, I feel like if anything, I think he's going to be probably like a strong two. Maybe like if he is healthy the whole season, if he is able actually to, you know, like make it work. I don't like I feel like his biggest thing all like his whole career has been staying healthy. Yeah. And so, I mean, we somehow miraculously last year, he's so helped. He's so happened to get healthy and win a Super Bowl with the Chiefs, which is pretty cool. But, you know, who's to say? I feel like I don't know. I don't want to be that guy and say that I felt like he got to the NFL and got content. Like he, he, like he was like, Oh cool. Like I made it. Mm-hmm. Like he was a first round pick. He went and got this sick ass tattoo on his back. <laughs> you know, he did he, all that stuff. Like he, he, he acted like he already made it like whatever. And then he went two seasons without doing shit, got traded somehow won a super bowl. And so like, I just feel like he just walked into the perfect situation. He's getting paid money. Like he's getting paid real money still. Yeah. And so like, I just feel like at like what, what's coming to mind for me 
is unless he changes his whole attitude, his mindset that I think is relevant. Like, I really do think that he's very content with, like, just, oh, like, whatever. Like, I don't know if he's going to, like, push himself to be greater than what he can be. Like, that's just my thing with Kadarius. What What are your thoughts, I guess? I think the precedent that's been set for him so far, I mean, he's played in 19 games in the last two years. So his first year as a New York Giant, he played 10 games, and last year he played nine. Now, he's actually going into his third year. He's 24 years old. Once again, as far as his metrics, he's six foot 193. Um, and he's a guy who, I mean, he had a lot of promise coming out. He got drafted very highly, but he just straight up hasn't delivered. Like, all in all, in the last two years, he scored two touchdowns. In the last two years, he has 591 yards total. He has no more than 55 catches in two years. And he kind of had, there's no reason why I would think that he would boost himself into that wide receiver one or even wide receiver two status. I mean, there's no, uh, there's no example shown to me that, you know, gives me confidence that he can be that. And so with Kadarius Tony, I mean, I think he's one of those things, or I guess he's kind of one of those examples in which you have to believe people when they tell you who they are. Right. And that's a precedent that I hold true in my real life, but that's also a precedent that I hold true in fantasy football. Right. Kadarius Tony has shown you who he is. And I'm not saying that he's like this injury-prone, not good NFL player, but he's someone who's going to be sporadic. He's someone who's not going to put up a ton of like voluminous numbers. Injury-prone. You're you're banking on boom or bust every week with him, and it's not reliable. It's not safe. You can't count on it. But I mean, if it happens and he happens to be in your lineup, you'll be happy for you know a couple weeks out the season. But that's not someone that I'm going to be starting over. You know, uh, like a Cortland Sutton even. Uh, someone who else, you know, has been getting some slack, right? Like if I'm comparing him to like wide receiver three, wide receiver four prospects for fantasy teams going into next year, I don't know if I'm starting him ahead of a lot of guys. I don't know if I'm starting Kadarius Tony honestly over Rasheed Rice. That's fair. Um, well, dude, like when I'm looking at it, I just feel like he's going to be like this next gadget guy for this Chiefs team. Like kind of like what we saw with Jarek McKinnon at the end of the year or whatever. Like kind of like how you can utilize him out of the backfield yeah. like they did in the Super Bowl. You know, like whatever. Like I think that he's going to be the gadget guy, and I think he can get some points for you. Mm-hmm. Like don't get me wrong. Like it, could he be a flex play for you, mm-hmm. you know, like seven out of ten weeks? Possibly. He definitely he, – he could do that. He might get you a touchdown all seven of those weeks that you start him. Mm-hmm. But all in all, like, if you're looking for, like, a true receiving target who's going to go out there and get you volume on that team, I feel like you got to look at people like Rasheed Rice. Uh, you know, honestly, even Justin Watson, the wide receiver that uh, – you know, he's been on their practice squad the last couple of years and then finally splashed in last year, I think. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's just – I don't know. Like, there's something about him that, like, he he's a gamer. Like you said, like, when he just goes out there and he just does his stuff, like, he it, he's not out there, like, getting all these targets or whatever, but especially in a room right now where there are no alphas or anything, I feel like he has a possibility to make, uh, you know, at least make some room for himself on that team. And then in doing so, when you have someone on Patty Mahomes' offense, if he's mm-hmm. starting more often than not, if he's out there getting – 60 70 percent snap share i mean why not start him and i mean on that team other than like mvs i mean sky Moore is almost a veteran on that team damn near but like there's not a lot of options on that team outside of travis kelsey for people who are going to catch the ball you know consistently for patty so mm-hmm. i i just feel like justin watson if you're looking for a dark horse like i'm talking like 14th 15th 16th pick in fantasy drafts like he could be one of them just because you know, if he's out there on, 
you know, a consistent basis. I, he, he's produced. I'm mm-hmm. not sure what his numbers are off key, but whenever I'm watching him play on the Chiefs, I feel like he's always delivering. If there's any coach you can trust for a player who needs, like, gadget plays, it's Andy Reid. Uh, so that's one reason I think you could maybe, like, have a little bit of faith in Kadarius Tony. That's fair. But even coming out of college, I mean, some of his negatives were his work as a route runner. Right. Like a lot of his knocks were that he was loose on routes. Uh, he ad libs a lot. He doesn't seem to always be aware of what's going on with the actual play itself. Uh, just like a lot of like disciplinary shit, like routes are discipline. Right. Understanding plays and knowing what plays happening is a part of discipline. And it kind of just feels like not saying he can't get there, but that seems to be like an area in which, you know, he could be even greater at. And so you hope that he applies, you know, that kind of um he understands that, and he applies, like, the right things to his work style. But ultimately, right. I like Rasheed Rice a lot. I do, too. Justin Ross is another guy who's a little questionable, but, I mean, ideally, he does have that, like, great size and metrics. You got to look at his metrics. medicals. You got to look at his medicals, yeah. man. It's, it's bad. But Kadarius Tony, I mean, he kind of is what he is, man. Like, right. he's boomer bust. And, well, like, I say all that to say, like, you're going to hear a lot of hype about him. You're going to see his name on Twitter a lot, as you do every offseason. Yep. But... It's never really come to fruition. There's the one game against Dallas, week five, his rookie year, where he had, I think, 10 catches or 13 catches or something like that, and everyone kind of, like, went crazy. Right. Well, I'm going to say this. and Just in defense of Kadarius, Tony, uh, on my last thing, I felt like I've been extremely negative, but if there is a place outside of Green Bay where this guy can actually get him get his shit together, actually get himself in the right mindset where it is just football only. You're not in a big city like New York where you're always like, you know, distracted. It's Kansas city. It's Kansas city. And so if there's any coach to do it, it's Andy Reid. It is. And so when you look at that, the big three is the location, the coach and the quarterback. Mm -hmm. All three are checks in my boxes when it comes to people who need like discipline. Yep. You know that Patty Mahomes isn't going to let him, you know, just go Mm -hmm. to the next play and not think about what he just did. He's going to make sure he learns. God forbid forbid anything happens to Travis Kelsey, like he's out for a couple of games for any reason. Kadarius Toney is kind of like that natural guy to – pick up production on the inside of like the formations right like he's the guy to work in between the numbers after kelsey and so with tony i wish him nothing but the best but just from what i've seen the first two years i don't really have like a real reason to think that he's gonna go crazy this year yeah so um, okay give me this so just off rip right now if we were heading to a redraft draft tomorrow okay. where are you drafting Kadarius tony if he's available where are you comfortable taking him 10th round if he's available in the 10th, you're taking him? If he's available in the 10th, I would consider him as, like... he He's someone that I need to have my actual roster built out. I want to have my actual wide receivers built out. Mm-hmm. So, if I'm in a 12-team redraft league, let's say it's a PPR league, I'm taking Kadarius Tony after I've taken my third or fourth receiver, and he's, like, a death piece with upside. Realistically, for me, I'm looking at, like, the eighth. I mean, like, I if wouldn't. I'm looking at, like, a gadget guy who, can, who I can consistently throw on my flex, I mean... We've talked about injury issues and everything, but to say that this guy isn't worth like the eighth or ninth uh, round pick for your team, I mean, dude, I'm sorry, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant on him, but I, I feel like you got to give him his flowers. And I mean, if he can go out and produce like he did in the Super Bowl, hey, bro, that's the biggest game of the year, and he popped off. So I would, I would draft, giving him the benefit of the doubt, I guess. I would draft Tony after I've drafted my top three receivers, my top three running backs, my quarterback, and my tight end. Which puts it at eight. Yep. And so anywhere from eight to ten, maybe in the ninth round, you take another receiver, backup quarterback, whatever. 
um he's kind of in that range for me and okay. so yeah he's uh he's not super high on my list duco but he's someone that you have your eye on if i can get him for double digit draft capital i ain't mad at him man i ain't mad at it um but that's what i think about Kadarius tony ladies and gentlemen thank you for tuning in to another episode of fantasy football with gumbo we appreciate you guys for tapping in with us every week every wednesday and uh, until next week, my name is Ja. Hey, it's Duke over here. Appreciate y'all tapping in with your head tops. Peace. You would think I ran the world like Michelle's husband. You would think these niggas know me when they really does. And like they was.